Hello, everyone. Welcome to another special edition podcast for Petcetera. Glad to have you with us this evening. This is Cherie Kraft, author and creator here at Petcetera, coming to you from www.petcetera4u.com. Hope everyone's having a wonderful summer. It's wonderful to be back on the air and just visiting with you and bring you some more informative pet information, safety information that we hope you will find very useful. It's summer. We're all out there. We've been quarantined for well over a year. Our world has been under quarantine for COVID-19, and now everything has started to open up. We're out there doing things again. We're swimming, we're camping, we're going on vacation, we're hiking, we're doing summer fun things, sports, and a lot of times, because our pets are wonderful, beloved family members, we have our pets with us. So there's a lot of things we need to think about with summer months and with our pets. And tonight, my podcast is gonna cover some of those things. Tonight, my podcast is called Beware of Summer Dangers, Practice Positive Pet Protection. There's so many things that we do in the summer that we don't normally do any other time of the year. We can be outdoors more. We're exercising, we're running, we're hiking, and a lot of times our pets are with us. More often dogs than cats, but sometimes our kitty cats are outside as well and other pets. So let's talk about the hot weather. Oh my gosh, one of the things we do a lot of times is we don't want to leave our pet at home. You've been at work all day, you've got to run a few errands. So let's let the pup go with us. Oh, I have to run to the pharmacy, to the dry cleaner, uh, maybe run in and get something at the grocery. And, you know, your pet wants to ride along. Well, let's make sure that if we're going to take them along, that you have someone else with you that can stay in the car, that can supervise them with the air conditioned running and not left in a car that has been turned off with just windows cracked or not down at all, where they can get too hot and suffer heat stress, heat stroke, suffocation, death. So many of these incidents occur through the summer months. Most often, people think they're only going to be gone for just a short time and the pets will be fine, especially if their pets are outside a great deal. Not true. If we have hot weather outside, you can bet that it's going to be 25 to 30 degrees hotter and continue to climb inside that car. Even if the windows are cracked halfway down, there's no airflow. So it's almost like the windows aren't doing any good at all. If you've ever sat in a hot car with the windows down, you know it does very little to no good. And if you can't tolerate it, then your pet can't either. And obviously, if they are pets with health concerns or older pets, then it's just that much more of a situation should they become stressed by heat. Just remember, do not take your pet if you don't have a way of having someone else to be in the car with the air conditioning going and there be a constant form of keeping them cool within your vehicle. It's not worth risking their lives just so they can ride along. Now, if you're going to be alone, it would be better to leave them at home where they can be safe and in a cool home while you go out and run your errands. And then you'll have that much more time to enjoy with them when you get home. I can't emphasize enough, so many animals lose their lives to overheated cars, temperature being too hot because they were left unattended in a vehicle, and their parents, while they loved their pet, thought they'd only be a short time. Something held them up, or it wasn't very long at all, but it was very hot, and they come back, and their animal has suffered a heat stroke and possibly even passed away in their absence. Another thing I'd like to cover is a lot of times in the summertime, 
We go to lakes, to rivers, we're boating, skiing, swimming, and a lot of times some of the places that we go, like lakes and rivers, contain algae. There's a lot of things growing around lakes and ponds and rivers, and our dogs are curious and they're sniffing about. There's a lot of places where you'll see water may even be a different color, kind of murky, not clear. But algae grows in stagnant bodies of water. And the algae will bloom more during the warmer weather than any other time. And what happens is when the dogs drink this water, because of the heat and the chemical reaction that happens, there's a change in the nutrients in the water and it becomes toxic to our pets. While many types of algae are harmless or even good to eat, the best rule of thumb is do not let your pet drink water from a lake or pond. Now, I would recommend, how do you recognize risky water? Strange color. There might even be a strange texture. The water may look like paint has been spilled in it. It may be murky or scummy looking, if you will. It may be even a deep blue, green, or red. And sometimes, but not always, there might be a bad smell, but not always. So let's just say that you did see this, but not before your pet was able to get a drink of it or got in it and it's on their coat and they're licking their feet. Well, you wanna rinse your dog and yourself because you're handling the dog with plenty of fresh, clean water. You wanna keep a close eye on your pet for the next 24 hours. You wanna make sure they don't show any sign of illness. You want to be sure that they didn't ingest enough to make them sick. So again, rinse them with cool, clean water. Make sure you rinse yourself, wash your hands really well after handling them and keep a close eye on their pet. So you're keeping a close eye on them. What are you watching for? Well, symptoms of toxicity from water, such as from ponds and lakes, can be nausea or actual vomiting, diarrhea, weakness, staggering, or difficulty in walking, some drooling, you might hear breathing difficulty, or even convulsions or seizures. Obviously, if you see staggering, weakness, drooling, difficulty in breathing, convulsions or seizures, you already should be on the phone with your emergency vet. These are emergency situations. So what do you do if you notice any of the symptoms like we're discussing? Again, if you get down to the weakness, staggering, drooling, difficulty, breathing, convulsions, you're already calling your vet. They need immediate care. So contact your veterinarian immediately. But the toxicity due to blue algae exposure can be serious enough to be even fatal. So I can't emphasize enough on this situation either. If you notice any of these symptoms, please go to your nearest emergency vet if you can't get your vet to meet you. The symptoms, you're watching your pet, um, they can occur anywhere from 15 minutes to several days after ingestion of a contaminated water. So again, 24 hours minimum, but up to a few days, you need to keep a close eye on them if you do even suspect that they've drank water from a pond or a lake. And especially if you've noticed the water had a rank smell, if it looked like it had green paint or even a red color or that it was murky, any suspicion, keep an eye on them. Another thing that I want to talk about is pavements. We're out there walking our pets in parks, on paths, uh, in our neighborhoods. A lot of folks don't realize when we're walking our pets on anything other than shaded grass, the temperature of that ground is hotter than our atmospheric temperature. 
So if, for instance, black top and asphalt, if it's just 87 degrees outside, which is 30.6 Celsius, asphalt can heat up to as high as 143 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 61.7 Celsius. Crazy, right? Again, think about that. You're walking outside in what seems to be a comfortable 87 degrees to you, and your pet is walking on the street, the blacktop, the asphalt. Their feet are enduring a heat temperature. Their pads of 143 degrees obviously can be third-degree burn. The pad can be burned away to where there's a sore that can become infected. So many incidents of burned pads on the bottom of especially dogs' paws in the summertime. And they're serious burns. These burns can become very infected and can be very, very serious injury before it's all over with, with infections. Uh, Just to give you a couple of more examples on that, concrete and cement, if you have a 95 degree day, already hot, right? The cement can heat up to 125 degrees. And something that you might not think about, we go to beaches, we take our pets, they love to run in the sand dunes and along the water. Well, if you are out there and it's 90 degrees, the sand can get up to 120 degrees or even 130 possibly depending on the way the sun is bearing down on the sand. So again, they're running on the beach, you have the water out there, but they're on the sand, it's 90 degrees but your pet's walking on sand that could be 120 to 130 degrees. Again, very possible for their paws to become very burnt and can become infected quickly. Uh, The dogs depend on those pads for protection. If there's damage done to those pads, an infection builds up, there's a lot of trouble there. Something that you might not think about, well, the grass would be all right. No, a 95 degree day with grass in the sun can heat up to 105. But here's a big difference. If you have a 91 degree day in the shade, the grass is 91 degrees. So all of this information taken into consideration, the best place is in shade and more than any place else in the shaded grass. Please take this seriously again. If those paws do get burnt by these hot surfaces, first off, it's very painful. And pets are always up and walking. They need to have healthy pads to be active, happy, playful. And if they do get these burns, they can become seriously infected, something you don't want to see your pet go through. Another thing while we're talking about heat, again, we're out there, we're exercising, we're playing. Dogs like to play frisbee and fetch, go to the park. Let's pick early morning or late afternoon, evening, when it's not as hot. Pets can have heat strokes. You need to limit their exercise when we're at the peak of our heat in the day. Early morning or even early evening before sunset, but after the hot sun has went away, the temperatures have dropped down. So many pets fall to heat stroke, especially those that already have medical issues and older pets. Think of it as you would a human being. If an older person or a medically compromised person were out there, it's not the best time when it's the hottest part of the day. Same goes for our pets. Again, limit your exercise and please move them to the shade. Make sure you have a fresh water supply for them. If you're going to go along, you take a bottle of water for yourself, please make sure you have a water supply for your pet. 
your signs of heat stroke because it does happen. Excessive panting, dribbling. It could even lead to collapse or I can vary lethargic, tired. Heart rate will increase. The first thing you need to do if you notice that they're panting excessively or they're acting tired, get them into the shade. Let's get them some cool water. You can even pour cool water, not freezing, over their body. We don't want to go from very hot to very cold too quickly. We don't want any hypothermia, but we want to get them cooled off. So again, if you notice excessive panting when you've been exercising and you notice they look a little lethargic and notice that their heart feels like it's racing, these are all signs, warning signs that something's not right. We need to get them to shade. We need to offer them some cool water and even pour cool water over their coat, but not freezing. And obviously, if we get to the point where we have to move them to the shade because they're acting lethargic and panting heavily, call your vet, get someone on the phone, and possibly you may even have to take your pup in to be checked. Heat stroke is serious and it can be fatal. So please let's use the precautions of just trying to exercise in the morning or in the late evening, the late afternoon, early evening, so that our pets do not overheat. Again, our pets are wonderful family members and we want to make sure that we keep them safe. One more thing that I really would like to talk about is water danger. So many dogs like to swim. Most cats do not. There are a few, uh, like mancoons, for instance, that can possibly like to enjoy water. But most kitty cats, they're not a fan of water. A lot of dogs, especially your, your water dogs, your retrievers, a lot of your spaniels, they like the water. I've known many German shepherds that love the water. But don't assume every dog can swim. A lot of times, like if you get a new puppy, a lot of folks might put a life jacket on them and get them used to water. But don't just throw your pet in the water or don't just let them go in there. You need to make sure that you know your pet can swim. Get them a life jacket. Let them swim with a life jacket. Uh, a lot of people go boating. Obviously, if you're going to be on a boat, put a life jacket on your pet. Water can be very fun, but we need to respect water just like we do as people and we need to be safe. Please don't assume that your pet can swim. We need to take every precaution. Please don't leave them in the water unattended. Don't leave them out if you have a built-in pool. Make sure that they are secure where they can't get to the water when you're not at home. Emergencies happen, and if you're not there, the result could be very, very sad. So please, water safety, and we want our pets to be safe. So basically, overall, we need to watch our hot cars. We need to watch our plants and fertilizers. We need to watch for dirty, toxic water. We need to watch what time of day we exercise our pets. We need to watch for signs of heat stroke or heat distress. We need to watch where we walk our pets so that our pets do not suffer damaged pet paws or the pads do not get burned. And I'm talking serious burns from some of these surfaces like blacktops and cements and sands. And again, it's great to have a dog that wants to swim. It's great to be able to take part in swimming with your pet if you have a pool, but always supervise and always know they can swim and don't assume that they would just swim by, by nature. It's not always the case. That's not always so. Have a good summer. Enjoy that things are open and that we're starting to do things again. I hope some of this information has been helpful to you. Summer safety tips. Beware of those summer dangers and let's practice positive pet protection. 
Again, I'm Cherie Craft here at Petcetera. Our website is www.petcetera4u.com. Our email address is petcetera123 at gmail.com. Please, if there's any questions or concerns that you have for our podcast, if there's something that you want to ask concerning what we're discussing, feel free to drop us a line in the email and we'll get back to you just as soon as possible. Again, the email address is petcetera123 at gmail.com. And again, the website is www.petcetera4u.com. That's P-E-T-C-E-T-E-R-A, the number four, the letter U.com. We hope you have a wonderful summer. Please, we wish you a positively perfect day. We hope you'll join us again. This is Cherie Craft of Pet Cetera, signing out.